Did you feel when it happened? When what happened? His birth. Even before that, how did you know? When did you know who he was? I don't know. We're all tired. Do you really want to hear all that? Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, well. Nothing about it was easy, I can tell you that. It wasn't in my hometown. My mother wasn't there. We had no midwife. I don't know if I'm ready to give all the details. Maybe some other time. But I do remember this. When Joseph handed him to me, it was like nothing I expected. It was like everything I'd heard about having a baby, but I thought this would be completely different. What do you mean? I had to clean him off. He was covered in... Uh... I will be polite. <laughs> he needed to be cleaned. And he was cold. And he was crying. He needed my help. My help. A teenager from Nazareth. Uh, it actually made me think for just one moment. Is this really the son of God? And Joseph later told me he briefly thought the same thing. we knew he was. I don't know what I expected. But he was crying and he needed me. And I wondered how long that would last. 
he doesn't need me anymore. Not since we taught him how to walk and eat. He hasn't needed me for a long time, I suppose. And after Joseph passed, may he rest in peace. He grew up even quicker. And I wish I could say that made me happy. Of course, as a Jew, I'm excited to see everything he does for our people, and I'm proud of him. But... as a mom... it makes me a little sad sometimes. So it's good to be with all of you for a bit. I can find ways to help. I'll take it. Good morning, church. Would you please rise for our first song?
let's go to God in prayer. So if you would please bow your heads with me. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, our hearts are on fire today with love for you, O Lord. As we celebrate the birth of Jesus today, we pray for the strength and courage to share the love that we feel today, tomorrow, and each day with all of those who need it the most. Helping to build your kingdom here on earth, Lord, and that's what we look for. Lord, this morning we ask that you bless our Christmas Eve worship services, the music we're singing, the message we're about to receive. And Lord, just be with us through this holiday season and let us know that you're always with us. Lord, we pray all of this in the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen.
Well, a lot of the world would say happy holidays, but we as Christians get to boldly declare what this is all about. And what is it? Merry Christmas. So would you please say it at the top of your lungs, right? Merry Christmas. And just think about that. People are saying this throughout the world. And they are saying it and exclaiming it and it changed the course of human history. Now, before I get into a couple quick announcements, kids, we're going to go right into the kids' message. So why don't you make your way up right now, if you would, wherever you are. Come on up here, over here. This is normally where we have you. And um, we're going to have Greg, he's going to make it his way right up over here, if you would. And as you get up here and get settled, let me uh, do a couple different things. Number one, welcome. Welcome to each and every one of you. Glad that you are with us in worship to celebrate the birth of Christ. And um, I always say it this way, especially at Christmas and other times, if you do not have a church home, we'd love to be your church home. Call us, talk to us, catch us. Uh, love to uh, get to know your world and let you know about what happens here at 1C. Now with that, uh, we have a couple quick announcements. Uh, first off, I don't want to forget this. If you did not get a candle at the end of the service, it is the tradition here at 1C, we're going to do Silent Night and the Lighting of the Candle. So feel free, except during the sermon, you don't want to do that, but go get a candle. They're at the doors, and you want to be ready for this at the end of the service. Um, also, beginning January 7th, we're going to have a new sermon series entitled Fact Check. We're going to kind of take stock of some very important facts that will change your history and hopefully the people around you. So January 7th, we're going to start off, so be ready for that. So it's coming soon. Um, also, just to let you know that here at 1C, we have communion. We celebrate the Lord's Supper. And here at 1C, we believe that Jesus is really present in this meal. It's it's not just bread and wine. We believe it's also the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. So if this is what you believe, we invite you, we encourage you to celebrate with us. And as you make your way forward, if you're here today and you're like, um, well, uh, do you have grape juice? Yes, we do. So just as you make your way forward, tell the server if you want grape juice. And if you also would prefer gluten-free, let the server know and we can make sure that you get that. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. What a celebration. So, so glad you're with us, and we're ready to go right into the kids' message. Well, good morning, boys and girls. <laughs> we have a special guest with us today. Gus is here. Gus, it. Good boy. All right. And you know what? Just like a lot of you, he's all dressed up, too. Gus has his tux on. I mean, after all, this is a special day, isn't it? Yeah, we're celebrating the birth of King Jesus. Well, do you think Jesus had a little baby tux? No. Do you think maybe, maybe he had a little baby crown? Gus, come on over here. Do you think maybe, maybe he had a special crib that sat on a throne in a castle? What do you think? No, he didn't have any of those things, did he? No. In fact, his parents weren't rich. They weren't famous. And he wasn't born in a castle. Actually, he was kind of born in a barn, and his first bed was a feeding trough for animals, and, you know, he grew up working with his hands and building things. 
You know, I think Gus might be a little overdressed by the sounds of it. What do you think, Gus? You know, he usually doesn't wear a tuxedo, so we could probably take that off of him. He usually doesn't wear a tux. No, take that off. But you know what? He has something else that he usually wears instead. He has a vest over here. See, Gus usually wears this vest because he goes to work at Lakeview High School. He comes to work with me, and Gus works as a therapy dog. And he loves to serve people. He loves to be with people. He loves to touch people. And you know what? Sometimes people sit on the floor, and Gus will sit on their lap, or he'll just lay up next to them so they can pet him and pet his soft ears, right? Because Gus really loves to serve people. You know what? The Columbus Telegram even did an article on him earlier this year. Gus made the front page of the Columbus Telegram. You see the, the article? There he is. Yeah, see him? He's sitting with a bunch of students, and he's laying on the floor with another student. And the article says he just loves, and Gus loves people. And, you know, as we think about how Jesus entered this world, we could kind of say the same thing about him, couldn't we? He didn't come to get a tuxedo, or a crown of jewels, did he? No, he came humbly as a baby to serve us and to love us. So Jesus came because he wants to be with us, right? And to love us and to serve us. And you know what? Jesus touches people. He heals people emotionally, physically, most importantly, spiritually. Jesus heals us spiritually as he gave his life to come and serve us so that we can be rescued from sin and from death, and we get to live with Jesus forever. So you know what? Jesus loves you more than you will ever know. And so this Christmas, remember that you are loved by King Jesus more than we'll ever know, and he is here, he's with us, and he loves us. So will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands, and you can repeat after me. Lord Jesus, you love us so much. You came into this world to touch us, to heal us, and love us. We love you, Jesus. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thanks for coming up. And you can head on back to your seats. See
We sing that, but do you realize it's, it's a prayer as well? And it's a prayer that has been answered. As we say, oh, come, oh, come, God, come to us, he has answered that prayer. He has come. As a babe in Bethlehem about 2,000 years ago, and as our Savior and friend today. And that's what this meal is about. He is truly present. And he is ready and desiring to forgive sins and to restore our relationship with God again. So this is Jesus being present. And one of the things that I think it's important for us to do in order to understand the importance of this is to confess, to, to admit to God that we really do need his presence because of our sin. So if you would join me as we pray this prayer of confession together. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent. Let's, let's go right there. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. And that part right there, for the sake of Jesus Christ, forgive us. And he has. He has taken away your sin, my sin, and he has removed it as far as the east is from the west, and he will remember your and my sin no more. Totally forgiven. Totally loved. And with that in mind, we remember that our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen.
we continue now with the celebration of the Lord's Supper.
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for ministry, for mission, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Father God, we just thank you for this time of year when we can celebrate the joyous birth of your son, Jesus. Brought into this world, very troubled world, and we just thank you, Lord, for, for the joy he brings and that we can come to him and put our faith and trust and hope in him, Father, no matter what we're going through, that we can rely on your son to care for us and to see us through. And we just praise you for that, Lord, for families as they come together to celebrate his birth. Give us a blessed weekend and blessed time together, Father. And we just thank you. Join me as we say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the glory, the power, forever and ever. Amen. All right, let's do this again. When the world says happy holidays, we as Christians can boldly declare what? Okay. We're going to get it down. Thank you very much. It is the message that has changed the course of human history. So it's worthy to celebrate, worthy to remember. Um, as I start out, um, as a pastor, sometimes I get letters and emails. And sometimes the letters and emails are, are good. They're liking something. And then sometimes you get emails or letters where people are not happy. So I'm going to read just a portion of one of those letters. Dear Pastor, it was brought to my attention that you have invited St. Nick to come to 1C. On several occasions, he has shared his story. What about me? And then this person goes on and on and on about how this season or the reason for the season is all about him and it was signed Santa Claus. So I instead of reading all the details of what Santa's thinking and feeling I thought I'd invite Santa to come on out. Uh, would you come? You got your mic? He doesn't have his mic. Okay, can you go over here for a second? Oh, wait, oh, here we go. Oh, thank you, Elf. Oh, thank you very much. I'm going to just say, he's, All right. he's, yeah. he's taken time out of a very busy day to be with us, so we understand why you are a little absent-minded. Oh, thank you. That's, uh, you know, grace required here for Santa. Yeah, it's okay. We got it for yeah, you. Um, yeah. I want to say I acknowledge your, your letter. I'm glad that you wrote that and expre expressed what you're thinking. Yeah, well, thanks. And just let me say it is about time that Santa got some stage time up here. Okay, all okay? right. He's got a little attitude, so I have to work with him. One of the things I do as a pastor, I'm also a counselor, and I try to bring 
peace on earth, goodwill toward men, right? And so I thought, maybe you should just have a really good conversation with St. Nick. No. Yeah. No. Yes. No. St. Nick, would you come on out? Bring him. Oh. Let's give a round of applause for St. Nick. Oh. St. Nick is in the house. Oh. So we're going to air right. our grievances right here, right now. And we're going to have a battle. And I thought of all kinds of things that we could do. We could do Christmas trivia, see who's smarter. Or we could do like an arm wrestling thing. No, we didn't do that. So why don't you two just kind of work it out? Okay? Well, I'm going to start off with, you wanted to be up here, and you don't even remember to bring a mic. Really? <laughs> I got lots on my mind, Nick. So, you know, cut me some slack, brother. Well, I get up on stage like twice, three times forever. You're always in the middle of everything this time of year, and you're complaining about me getting to be up here at a small church in Columbus, Nebraska. It was a last-minute notice I got from Pastor Thielen to be here today. And as you know, I'm a very busy man. I've got children that need toys. I've got lots to do tonight. And I have many, many miles to travel before I get to bed tomorrow. <laughs> well, you know who started the gift-giving thing anyway, right? Wasn't you. How about maybe St. Nick? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, listen, I know my history, and I know that you are the Bishop of Myra. Ooh. And how many times have you traversed around the streets giving out toys? Here's the thing, Nick. I'm Santa Claus. I have a brand that has a global footprint, and all the retail CEOs across the globe are thinking about me year-round. Is that what this cheap imitation red outfit? Who in their right mind would ever be seen in something like that? Well, what's wrong with this? I, it, it's styling. I have a tailor. Seriously? Yeah. It's it, it's it, it's it's part of the it's part of the ambiance. It's part of the mystery of being Santa Claus. Yeah, and I have reindeer. <laughs> yeah, oh, we're over here. Oh, you're over <laughs> here. Yes. And I have reindeer. So let me ask you this, Dicky boy. When was the last time you were chauffeured around at night by eight tiny reindeer? What does reindeer have to do with the spirit of the season? There's lots of things about you. What do they have to do with the spirit of the season? Uh, well, yeah, not a lot. Not a lot. Reindeer, okay, reindeer don't have a lot to do with the season. But listen, you got you to gotta get this about Santa Fe. I'm a very spiritual man. I, I spread goodness, I spread cheer, I spread lots, uh, lots of ho-ho-hos, and, and I'm just, I'm a very spiritual man. Yeah. If having people ask you for gifts is spiritual, well then maybe, but I don't have it. I, I don't have Dial down. Oh, oh. You're starting to get riled, and then you get all sweaty, and that's not a good scene. All right. We're going to, we're going to, I want to capture this moment right now. I, I, we got to stop. Uh, we're going to make our way over, and I want you to see something that I hope will remind you why we're here today and what this season is all about. Why don't you two make your way over there and be nice? Come on, uh, get over there. To, to a bale of straw? What, yeah, what's just, that? Get, just go over there. All I'd right. say age okay. before beauty, but that would be me going first either way. Uh. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Boys, I want you to take a look at this. Look at this manger. Look at yes. the baby. Yes. But also, look at what's behind it. I'm going to tell you that you cannot separate the manger from the cross. They're together. In fact, 
One of those moments when I was up at like 3 a.m. and I was thinking about this moment, having to talk with the two of you, my mind was racing. So I came up with something. So if we can have it up on the screen. There we go. Oh. The uncommon oh. became common to do the uncommon for the common. Is that understandable? Should we just end right now? No. The uncommon. What is uncommon? In fact, uncommon is extraordinary. It is yes. above the top. It's almost behind, beyond comprehension. That's the uncommon, and that's God. Yes. Then it says, he became common. And right here, this is a very common moment. This is G uh, God putting flesh on and living just like us. Oh. oh. Right? Swaddling cloth, lying in the manger. Oh. And this common moment, oh, how beautiful it was about 2,000 years ago. But it didn't end there. He ended up trading in that swaddling cloth for a garment that was going to be for his burial. Because he decided to suffer and die for people like us, for the common people. So that we can have forgiveness, so we can have life, so we can have hope. This is what it's about. It's not about eight reindeer. It's not about being a bishop. It's not about any of that. It's about Jesus. And what he came for people like for you and me. Now, I would like to ask a favor. Is I would like maybe both of you to share in the reading of the Christmas story. We find it in the Bible. It's in Luke chapter 2. And it's a beautiful summary of what God has done. So, if you would, please stand. In fact, why don't everybody stand for this reading of the gospel In those days... A decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that has been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, 
as it had been told to them. That is the good news of our Lord. So we're going to send them off stage, so let's give them a rousing applause here off the set. Thank you very much. And you may be seated. Don't worry, the sermon's not over. Just when you think it was safe to get up and get out. No, 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 no. All right. Um, if I can have that saying one more time up there. The uncommon became common to do the uncommon for the common. And I know it seems really silly, but I want you to understand the tension that is in that phrase. You see, there's the uncommon, which is, I put it in capitals, right? The uncommon is the God of the universe, powerful enough to make the heavens and the earth. A God who we cannot comprehend with these little minds we have. We just can't comprehend it. So God decided to do something so that people like Jim Thielen can get it. God's idea was, I'm going to pour myself into flesh in the form of a baby in a place called Bethlehem. Now, common. What is common? All right. Um, if I could have the slide with the swaddling cloths. All right. How many of you have ever either swaddled a child or held a child that was swaddled? Raise your hand. Kind of a common thing out there. All right. The swaddling thing. I remember that I had to take a class held by my wife on how to swaddle correctly. And I'll just say after seven kids and then a whole bunch of grandkids, I still don't do it right. I get it corrected all the time. But I'm going to just say the swaddling thing is not new. It's not just in our generation. You go back in time, not even just to Jesus, but you go to the Old Testament. This idea of wrapping up a baby, it's common. It's what you do. And you could talk about all the reasons why people swaddle. You know, it's to keep the little arms in and keep them safe or whatever. It makes them feel really kind of secure. It's just what is done. In fact, this next picture, um, we don't have a picture of Jesus being swaddled because, you know, Kodak wasn't invented back then. But just picture, if you would, a normal, common baby being swaddled with clothes like that, with strips of linen and lying in a manger. Pretty common. But here's where I want you to maybe feel the tension. It didn't stay that way. He didn't stay wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Jesus grew up. Jesus lived a perfect life. Jesus started to do what's, what I'm calling the uncommon. The ultimate uncommon is, why would somebody go to a cross? Why would somebody have that be kind of the um, destination, right? He's going to go do that. Why would he do that? Because he has an uncommon love. He has a love that, again, blows our mind. It is beyond our comprehension. It is something that God has, and it's what he does, it's what he's known for. And he does uncommon things. So he shed those strips of linen. Now, swaddling cloth can often be known, it's almost like it could be used for bandages. It also, when you use the word swaddle, 
at least in the Hebrew and a little bit in the Greek, it talks about being bound up. Think about the different moments when Jesus was bound up, but not like a baby, but like an adult. Here's one picture. I mean, this is a depiction of the scene in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus just spent time with his disciples. He gave them the gift of Holy Communion. He goes out to pray, and all of a sudden, one of his best friends, Judas, comes, and he kisses him on the cheek and says, Rabbi. And then Jesus is bound. He is swaddled, now differently, and he's taken away. The next depiction is uh, now he, he goes on from one trial after another. And, you know, you read the scriptures, you look in, into the Gospels, you'll see it. One time after another, he's moved from one uh, mockery of a trial to another. But every time, it, it talks about him being bound up and then taken away. And he willingly did this. And then the last picture, it's a little different kind of being bound. It's being put on a cross. And what was used this time was not rope, but it was nails. His hands were bound to the cross. His feet were bound to the cross. And he did that because he had an uncommon love for people like you and me. This is a remarkable story. And then we go a little further. So he died, and then he's placed into a tomb. And what was the custom back then is you would bind the body up. And you would place him into the tomb. And at least historically, when you're placed into a tomb, you stay in the tomb. That's just what happens. But we find in the Gospels that on the third day, Jesus rose again. And then when the disciples get there, what do they find? They find the burial cloth and no body. All of that by a very uncommon God who became common to do the uncommon for the common. That's you and me. Now, why was this? Why, why did he do this? Well, let me take you again to Matthew and this is just, uh, again, one of the prophecies given to, to Joseph. And it says, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You see, the angels understood the plight of humanity. The angels understood that mankind, which was then as well as now, we have this condition called sin that we need to be saved from. The angels understood that we were bound up because of sin. And if we were left to our own, because we're just common people, we would be lost forever. But the good news is this Jesus who came was to save. And I want you to know, you know, looking again into the the. Greek here. Saving means saving from something. Yes, we often think about that. You're being saved from something. But it also has a little bit of a reflection of saving for something. So it's not just saving you from hell, but it's also saving you for heaven. 
And it's not just for heaven. In fact, let me say it this way. Next slide. The uncommon became common to do the uncommon for the common. Next slide. So that the common, that's you and me, can do the uncommon. I don't know if you're tired of the word common yet. We're almost done, so you'll be, you'll be free from this soon. But he did all of this for a reason. He decided to do everything necessary, the manger to the cross to the tomb, so that common people like you and me can then take what we have and give to other people. That's why I love the storyline of, quote, Santa and St. Nick. Here are people that, you know, as you know their story, they give. They give. And that's what you do as a Christian. When you become convinced, when you become changed by the gospel, by the uncommon God loving you so much, it changes you and it changes what you do. We start looking for opportunities to do the uncommon. If you read my Facebook thing this morning, um, my ritual, and I, I won't, you know, I'll just say this. I go, I stop over at Casey's to get a beverage to drink to get me going in the morning. So I won't tell you what kind. You'll judge me, I know. But I'm, a, I'm on a mission. My goal is to be at church at 6 o'clock. So I'll get up, get going. I'll stop at Casey's, get my thing, and then get going. So I'm in the line. I'm standing there. And this guy, he's, I think, pretty new. He's from California. He says, Merry Christmas. But he says it in a different way. It's like, there's something more I want to say to you. And so I asked, what's your story? And if you know me, I am a point A to point B person. You know, you just, this was interrupting my style, my rhythm. And then he starts telling me, about how the church has hurt him in the past. How when he was a kid growing up, he had questions. And the pastor and the church wouldn't take time to answer the questions. He said, I just kind of fell away. So then I admitted that I was very tempted to go from point A to point B and get in my office and deliver an incredible sermon for people like you but that maybe just maybe God wanted me there at that time for him to tell him and remind him about the greatest story ever told. You see, Jim Thielen is common, and Jim Thielen has been called by God to do the uncommon, which means stopping in my tracks, being a couple minutes late, coming to my office, and sharing this good news. So here's my challenge for you and for me, right, is that we get ready. Because this uncommon God has brought you into his family. He has done all the things necessary for you to be blessed and to be saved. That's wonderful. But he wants you now to share this with other people. And don't assume the person next to you doesn't need to hear it. They, they do. I need to be reminded of it. There's going to be people that you're going to bump into that this message might just change their world. So, Shine the light of Jesus. So we're going to now continue. We're going to do what's called the Christmas Creed. So it's a little bit different. Would you please stand? And let's share this Christmas Creed out loud together. 
I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, who sent his Son as my Savior on Christmas Day. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Savior, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, announced by the angels, worshipped by the shepherds, and adored by the wise men, who lived to suffer, die, and rise again to free us from sin, death, and the power of the devil. I believe in the Holy Spirit, who has brought me to faith in the Christ of Christmas, and who continues to work in my heart. Also, I am able to trust in God's promise, both now and forevermore. Amen. And as we now get ready for, um, I think, a beautiful tradition, um, and I want you to know it's not just so, you know, because candles look really kind of beautiful. I want you to know that Jesus wants his light to shine in you and through you. And I love watching this and how the light just starts expanding. And it just gets more and more, and all of a sudden this room is going to be filled with this light. But we want the light of Christ to be shining through us. Uh, just two words of instruction, maybe three, we'll see. Only tip unlit candles. If you remember that, life is going to be good. If you don't, life is not going to be good. So, just tip unlit candles. And at the conclusion of the song Silent Night, feel free, stand there and hold that lid if you like. But then after a little bit, just if you would, just blow your candle out. All right? So let's sing this beautiful song and remember of that holy, holy night a long time ago.
1C and the staff here. Merry Christmas, everybody. Go in peace and serve the Lord. The snowflakes falling down like a blanket on this town. For a moment, we can hardly see the pain this year has brought us. May the sick find healings touch, may hatreds fight be one with love, and may every heart make room for you, the one who came to save us. Cause you're still the She slipped her tiny hand in mine, and we both talked to you. And it took me back to eight years old, my daddy's hand and a story told about heaven's love in the manger low, and a promise that's still true. You're still the hope of Christmas. You're still the light when the world looks dark. You're still the 